Hi, I'm Simon Rushton and this is Taxi Chronicles podcast. On this podcast, we spontaneously interview unsuspecting passengers with their permission, allowing them to share their intimate life stories and concerns. As our slogan states, real riders, real stories. Some riders prefer to be anonymous, while others ask me to tell their story later on. Either way, there are all genuine 5 to 10 minutes stories. So sit back and enjoy this episode. All right, this is a story, um, well not a story, sorry, a conversation I had with a, a technician. He flown. He flew, for, I think, from Canada. And um, what we were going to be talking, what we were talking about generally was driverless vehicles, the technology, the future, the politics involved, you know, public opinion. There's so much. I'm going to try and keep this short. It was a deep, in-depth conversation. And I didn't recall this because this was like way, way, way when I first started Uber, I just got talking to this guy, interested in what he was um, doing, or and I hadn't started the Taxi Chronicles in that light of things. So um, starting off, I don't know if you guys know anything about taxis and sorry, driverless cars, but Google and various other companies, Lyft in America, have been doing driverless cars for about two for since 2018, so coming on two years now, or a year and a half, however you want to see it. Some um, have been quite successful, but the overall problem is that they don't rack up the miles that ideally you need to really to see how successful it is. So, for instance, there's a company, Yandex, it's a Russian company, they work in America and they have driverless cars but you do have people in the passenger seat in the in the driving seat who will um, be there in case something goes wrong so it's not really driverless uber had actually driverless cars and it killed a 49 year old woman in Arizona and that went slightly Pete Tong of course Um, there is a kill switch in many of these cars where it's actually driverless so you can press um, to turn off the engine in case something's going wrong. There's a disengagement which is like a kill switch where it allows you to carry on driving if you've lost confidence in the predicament you're in at that time. So there are some safety measures. Now obviously Americans are very um, innovative and we don't have driverless cars here as per yet. I, um, I keep saying cars, I have to say vehicles, because we're going to go on to the lorries and the logistics side of things and everything later on. Excuse me. So, Britain, this guy in the car, he's explaining me that Britain's concern is if the car goes out, <laughs> excuse me, if the car goes out of control, will it, what will happen? Will it stop automatically? And if it can't stop and there's a woman with a baby and an old person, it the car must know to run into the old people instead of the young people. 
Now that sounds very morbid, very upsetting. If you love your grandparents, I believe we all do. But these are these kind of um, things the British government is saying that they have to be able to answer to them before they're allowed to have these driverless cars on the road. <coughs> now, there are driverless trans um, lorries now. So what, what happens is, um, sorry, what happens is one lorry driver will have like three or four lorries behind him and he'll drive, let's say, to Sainsbury's, like four different supermarkets, um, branches, and as he passes, it disengages and stops so the staff can come out and off offload like that. But they're not all connected. So when I say it disengages, it disengages like from following the vehicle in front. Now, that's what they've been doing. Now, I'm not sure if that's here or in the States or another country. I can't remember what he said. But all these things bring in the case of making people jobless, but making things very convenient. Now, those kind of jobs, those kind of transportation jobs will have to be done at night when the roads are more or less clear, reduces the less likelihood of troubles. Um, so in cities where they're not really very 24 hours, it can work probably perfectly in that respect of things. And another sense um, of that you're going to have a lot of call-out engineers who have to be on standby or call-out drivers in case there is a problem they can get to that place, whether they get there on an electric scooter, I don't know. I don't know. That would be amusing to see the guy an electric scooter bolting to um, pick up a vehicle that's not working. Um, probably not a bad idea, you know. Probably got a business model there for recovery guys. Um, on another sense is for the driverless taxis, like where you've got the Uber and you've got the Lyft, they have brought down congestion in other places in the world. And that's a fact, and so that's a positive thing. But 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 what we seem to the guy was bringing to my attention is insurance. Like when you get in the car, you're insured as a passenger. If you have to disengage um, for some reason and carry on driving yourself, now you have to be insured as a driver. Um, where does the line drawn, and if there's an accident, how responsible are you, and how responsible are you not? Um, these and uh, you know, these are things that have to be taken into consideration. But in general, America's steaming ahead with this um, driverless car thing. For those who aren't aware, and there's quite a lot of stuff on the internet, so it looks like it's going to become a thing of the future. Regardless what America does today, everybody else does tomorrow in general. Well, and and things like that. So yeah, what it has also taken into consideration for the town planners is the true designs of roads and how safe are they? Because there are points where these driverless cars want to turn left, and there's no traffic lights, and they have to wait for a flow of traffic, a gap in the flow of traffic. If it's rush hour, they'll be sitting there for much longer than normal because they're doing their calculations of what people are, how fast or slow they're driving. This also takes into consideration they can see 250 metres in 360 direction for distinguishing from human beings to uh, physical objects, and they're taking all this data in 
and they're storing it. For those who are conspiracy theories, you could say this is something to do with the government, considering I found out from Ed Snowden, not like he's my mate, that the government, um, the Amazon has actually a special government department where they work for the government and collect data and do various other things. So that's, um, that's another story. I've also seen some of these concept cars with no steering wheels, so that's going to be interesting in the future. But overall, this is something I thought I'd share because it's really interesting, especially the statistics of deciding how to crash or where to crash. One thing that we'll say, why well, I will say this driverless car thing looks like it's going to work because they say 50 in America, 51% of millennials don't own a car. They don't see the point in owning a car. They're happy doing Uber around the cities or whatever. They say it's a lot cheaper. And you get to your specific location, drop to your location, so there's no problems there. So obviously what young people do today, old people do tomorrow. So that's going to be the future. So we can expect these driverless cars maybe lorry. So for those who are taxi drivers, for those who are lorry drivers, repair drivers and these kind of things consider even even garbage excuse me i can say even garbage or dustbin drivers it's gonna you know your job's on the line here but there is an element of human error that even the biggest um, driverless car ceo says that it even if in a in a lifetime we would probably always need a manual person at a wheel based on certain circumstances. Anyway, I hope you like that episode and um, feel free to leave the comments below in the link. We hope you liked that episode. Keeping in mind, we never know who we're going to interview. We post twice a day, 8am and 5pm GMT. Have you ever considered the future economies to invest in? Why not listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories? Considering Africa has the fastest growing economies and population on Earth and has done for many years, it holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. We publish twice a week, Tuesday with a guest investor and Fridays talking about investment, politics and history, providing a clear understanding for any potential investor.